0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Take your seats, wonderful family of God. Hallelujah. Take your seats, wonderful family, please. Thank you. Wonderful. God is good and the devil can just go to hell. But none of you may go to hell because you have been redeemed. Thank you, wonderful. You guys do an amazing job. I'm supposed to sing now, right? All right, where's my clock? There it is. All right, please turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 19, Lucas with stick 12. I wil to graag Afrikaans. bedien want to ek to you but I will stand Deutsch reden Have you or vielleicht jemand deutsch bestehen können gibt da jemand wirklich deutsch keine Deutsche da <laughs> all right We're stuck with the south africans good people god has got this nation in the palm of his hand i do not want you to react or get upset by every little alarm little notice little little squeak from the enemy Every time you, the devil tries to create fear in us, we have not got a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. We know in whom we've trusted. The world has always had challenges. And God has not at all forgotten South Africa. He loves this nation. He has every plan and good thing, good plans for this nation. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Right? Ooh, you're excited. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. I'm reading from the NIV. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. It is so easy for us to judge other people. We do it not always knowingly, we don't mean it deliberately, but it's a habit of our lives to categorize people in what kind of people and suspect or expect certain behavior, even misbehavior from them. We're very quick to judge by the smallest defect comment Evidence something or something someone else said, we're very quick to judge. People may behave bad, and you may have done many things in your life as I have wrong, but it's not who you are. God didn't design you or make you in His image to do those things. That was a defect, and that's why He redeemed us. Zacchaeus now was a chief tax collector. For those who don't understand the politics of a tax collector in that time, I must describe and paint the picture very briefly to you. The Jews had a system given by God that they were run theocratically, which meant that the priests or the church leadership would lead the whole nation under the auspices of God. They would tithe to the church, but they were not satisfied. They wanted a king just as the neighboring country Assyria had. And after pleading and pestering God, he finally conceded and gave them Saul. Saul of course being a king needed taxes and so they began to pay taxes to them and then they were overrun some years later by the Roman Empire which took over the whole Mediterranean area forcefully and violently and they took over their nation and were very heathen orientated and Caesar demanded taxes. His tax system was very clear and so anyone who collected taxes could take extra for to help pay their costs as long as Caesar got what he wanted or what he decreed should be. The whole democratic system was introduced in the Roman Empire. And so now, to be a chief tax collector meant that he was responsible for his city, Jericho. He was responsible for the border taxes, for the city taxes, and for the land, the actual planting, all the different farming lands. So he was a chief. He was over all the other different department tax collectors. And to even add to the interest of his life, he was a short man. Now, in my own life, when I first went to America, I went to a departmental store with my wife, and it was a very fascinating experience with her shopping. My wife was born to shop, and she went into this woman's section, and there are many different sizes. They have plus sizes, or even some stores call it the fuller figure, but there's also a section that's called petite, and for the longest time, I thought petite meant you were Tiny and skinny and small, but only to find out petite means you're short. And they actually cut the clothes for the ladies in a different way because you're physically short. When I found that out, I was fascinated and was intrigued, wanting that too, because I'm a little shorter than most men. And so I went down to the men's section and I explored the men's department of that particular store. Macy's, it's called, it was then called Foley's, I believe, those years. And I found big and tall. So they, I was very excited because surely if they had tall people, they had to have short people too. And I looked and looked, but alas, there was no petite for men. And I asked around and they said, no, we don't do that. What happens to the short guys That if the legs of the pants are too long? Well, then they must have them tailored or cut off. It seems to me that men don't want to admit they're short. In fact, most short men I've met will go to the gym and buff up extra hard and ride very big motorcycles or trucks of some kind or because short men you know are not even there no one invites them to the matric dance nobody wants to go to matric with a short guy no one asks them to play in rugby in case they're mistaken for the ball it's a real difficult thing being a short person you're the brunt of all the jokes if you're a fat person or an ugly or something different that's strange that you can fix you always have the hope you can fix whatever is wrong but when you're short what are you going to (laughs) do? They can wear little higher shoes, but it's not going to change a whole lot. And Zacchaeus was short. Somehow, in his community, he must have been less than liked because he would not have gravitated towards becoming a tax collector because the Jews found it very offensive when their own people became tax collectors. It was okay when the Romans or some other foreign person living there would become a tax collector, but never one of their own. It was a betrayal of their own society. And so they called him a sinner, and they despised him because he became wealthy. But in my heart and mind, it's clear to me that this here tax collector, he himself had found a compensation for his shortness, because he had knock on the door and have a whole little regiment of army soldiers with swords and spears, and the, the foot rugby buff or the rugby jock would, would definitely cave into his authority and pay taxes. Now he had power over the man that made fun of him at school. It made it switch the table somehow. Even though he wasn't popular, he was respected and he was wealthy, but he wasn't happy. And so in many ways, being short for him was being like a handicap. He wanted to see Jesus. And he'd gotten into a lifestyle of being aware of how short he was, so he climbed up a little tree that a sycamore fig tree's branches grow out more laterally than they do vertically. And so he climbed onto this to find wait for Jesus to come by because he would compensate for his shortness always. He didn't even try to get to the crowd because there was no way... He could see. Now let me tell you, being short is in many ways a handicap. I have nine grandchildren, of which some of my grandkids are exceedingly tall. And it's a great handy thing, they live with me, I have three of my grandkids that I have custody of, that I'm raising, and it's such a pleasure to call them and say, pick something from that closet up there to get it out for me, I don't have to find a ladder. So it's. I like having them around, they're very tall and heavy sometimes, but they can get things done for me and pick up things I can't pick up and I'm, ha- I'm very happy for it. But being short isn't always fun because I can't reach things when I want to reach them and I'm very aware of being short. Now you can be handicapped in situations, but there are many kinds of handicaps. The older I've got, the more I've learned that people come into, so- into society and even into church with all kinds of emotional handicaps. You don't see anything different to them. They come to your school when they're at school with you when you're at school, but there's something going on at home. You'd never know it that their dad was alcoholic or beat their mother. You wouldn't know that there was abuse at home. You wouldn't know that there was such a terrible home life. They were too ashamed to talk about it or bring you to their house. There's a handicap, and, and so they become withdrawn, and behavior changes, and you wonder why they're so private and so quiet. But many people are handicapped, and sometimes their behavior looks so strange, and we're all too quick to judge them or have an opinion of their lies, not really knowing what's going on. And I'm fascinated that Jesus' approached with this man, he didn't call him down to say, you know, Zacchaeus, we need to fix your life, because you've gone about this all wrong. He gave the one thing to Zacchaeus that Zacchaeus' soul was longing for, love and acceptance, If there's one thing in church we should have is we are family, Christian family church. If someone walks in that door, the one thing they should receive from us and experience and remember is the love. Jesus said, they will know you, my disciples, by your love one to another. It's not how you treat the foreigners. It's how you treat people in this house that God, they'll know if you belong to Jesus and how we treat each other. Sometimes we can behave badly or be impatient and unkind. And even sometimes we could pressurize the people in the church. We just don't like them. They, they press a button in us. And God likes a little fighting in the church. 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen says, there must be a little factions amongst you that they that are approved of God can be seen. Because when the altercation happens, then God's watching to see who has his heart. Because if you have his heart, you'd rather be... Reconciled than right. If you watch two people fight in a marriage, you could just listen to how the argument goes. It's always trying to prove who's right. No, a lecker still in the back When you have a fight with someone, think about how often you're trying to prove you're right. The nature of Jesus is not to prove how right you are. In fact, the more Christ-like you become, the more eager you are to take the blame, whether it's yours or not makes the difference. You just want to have reconciliation and healing in the house. Is there anyone Amen say? I'm to look at my so snags, and say, do I something wrong, bro? It's almost as still as I'm hand? My goodness, broers, and Amen, as you Amen say, then you will be able to do it. And then you will be able There's a lot in it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Appreciate it. So if you understand that the people in your life all the time around you that are handicapped that get on your nerves because of their handicap, I want you to please, as my family, not react anymore, but let the Holy Ghost lead you to bring healing. Now, what Jesus did, he didn't even address his handicap. Hey, Shorty! Didn't call him Shorty. He called him by his name. Wow. And to really frustrate the whole situation... He was politically incorrect because he publicly displayed friendship. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. Now, if I was going to help him to promote his ministry, I'd say what you ought to do is have a private word with him. We shouldn't be doing this on a public platform. But he was so intent on publicly... Giving Zacchaeus the very thing his heart wanted. It turned him instantly because what was really bothering him was that he was so unloved and so lonely. Sometimes you can see it in children, they act out and behave badly because any attention is better than no attention. And we, as God's people, need to respond a little differently. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We ought to be expressing and love and, and responding differently, not reacting. We should be responding because when we react, then the emotions are in control or our flesh. But when we respond, we're behaving like Christ. And so I'm appealing to my family today. I know you may be feeling wounded and have a handicap, but when you start sowing that loving, kind seed to someone else that's wounded, you can be sure God's going to get you and get you good. He's going to bless you well, because what you sow, you will reap. Yeah. I always remember Janice being very excited and happy. This doesn't sound that way tonight. So, I Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. And his response was to find all those people, and those people were disgruntled and all their opinion. Look at him, he's a friend to the sinners. So quickly we have a judgment about someone. So quickly we haven't formed an opinion. Someone did something wrong and we've now labeled them, they're always going to be that bad person. Not so. Not so. Jesus said we ought to forgive 70 times seven. That's a lot. That's a lot of forgiveness. And if we have to forgive, give someone else that much, then surely we can expect God to forgive us at least that much, if not much more, right? So if, they, if we get that much forgiveness, then we should not be judging them because they're getting forgiven. If they, the moment they ask for forgiveness, they're getting, we have no business judging them. And the tragedy about judging people is it gets back on us. So often we go through a crisis never knowing that it was the judgments of other people that is now coming back on us. That's what Jesus said. As you judge, you will be judged. So I have learned in my older years to shut my mouth. I don't have... And I'm so glad my pastor, Theo, I've never heard him being judgment, never being gossipy or ever putting anybody down. He's the most Christ-like man in that, with that regard. I, we have an amazing pastor. Ah, finally. <laughs> we finally agree on something. Hallelujah. So we don't judge somebody else we don't we don't get a hold of whatever they're doing and have an opinion about it we ask the Lord to work in our hearts because sometimes they're very unlovable they, we work with people that are just impossible to like let alone love you walk in the door and they stop they whisper in the corner about you and, and God puts you there and you wonder what you're doing there well he put the light with the darkness Your love should overcome all things. He gave you the power to overcome all that. That's how light wins out. That's what Jesus did. He was on his way through Jericho, the scripture says, but he stopped because not only did he touch Zacchaeus' life, he set a tone and an example for others to see. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. And they all whispered, why would he do that? He's a sinner. And then he shouted out loud, See, this man, I've come to seek and save what is lost. He, too, is a son of Abraham. We're so quick to judge someone that made a mistake, did something wrong, offended us. But may God give us grace and kindness to help people be loving and less judgmental over even the people that have really sometimes even offended us. Can you say amen to that? Wow. Okay. Good. Pastor Thea is a wonderful pastor. How does that work? Is it recited? Is it, is it, is it, all right. Now, I'm watching my clock. Many of you, how many of you come believing God's prophetic word? Anybody here? I will not be teaching the same thing tomorrow morning. So please come back tomorrow morning, okay? And both sessions and evening, I'm here. I want to speak the word. There's a man with a black jacket on that's way back on this side. I've had my eye on you since you've come in. If you ask, you're looking at me. If you'd stand up, I think you're with your... With a la- someone, lady next to you, much sure who she is, black jacket, not many black jackets in this, looking around, the blue shirt, yay, you got it. And who's the, who's the lady next to you? Your mother? Stand up, mom. Come on, mom, you can do it. Can someone get a microphone to them so they can get their name, blood type, and bank account? <laughs> oh, no, got a response, look at there. They like the jokes. What's your name with the black jacket? I can't hear. Gary, hi, Gary. What do you do for a living? Can you shout? You're a damager? <laughs> do you know what of? The word of the Lord for you, when you since you came in, you're quite comfortable being reasonably successful, doing stuff, working hard, but you've never seen yourself as a great success. Even growing up, you were, no, you were never one that... Sus Afrikaner says, You didn't didn't, uh, flourish or blossom or stand out. But the Lord picked you. The Lord has marked you. And enormous success and wealth is waiting for you. I don't know how I can logically process it. It's the most ridiculous thing. You're not tidy. You're kind of sloppy, disorganized, do all kinds of strange things. But there's a blessing of God on your life. And God has touched you and you are a generous and a kind man. You don't say, you don't waste words. You're very careful with your words. And you make, try to make jokes, not very good ones, but you are very good. You're, you're very uh, unusual with the way you speak. You're a good man, a kind man. And you're not here by chance today. God is wanting a complete complete surrender to Him because He's got great plans to give you great success in many businesses of your own. He's going to just, just literally hand things to you and open up doors that no man can close. And you've got to walk through and know it's God that's doing it and everything you are, everything you do, everything you have will belong to Him. Do you understand that? How old are you now? Forty. Life begins at 40. My mother always told me. I'm still waiting. <laughs> you like that, do you? Now you say amen. Funny how they've got responses now. And so you, his mother... You've been his mother 40 years now, right? Is that correct? (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) So how many children do you have, mother? You have two sons, three sons. Is he your favorite? Is he your favorite? He's your favorite. (laughs) Talk about politics. Uh, The Lord has rescued you. He's put his his hand of healing on your body. He's healed you, my sister, from the bottom down. He's healed you. There's been a a frustration, a concern, a uh, manifestation. And God says you'll leave this building with every manifestation gone. You will not need surgery. You will not need a doctor. The Lord is healing you. God is taking good care of you. And he's coming through for you in every way. This son that nobody thought would be successful is going to be a winner. Just watch him the next few years, how God's going to bless him. It's going to be a wonderful journey for you. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you so much. What's your name with a pinky orange shirt and uh, with a mm, lady next to blue and the other lady's got a sort of brown next to you. We've you got, got a bunch of ladies around you. So You're one, two, three, four, five, about 11 rows back. You got a little snorbaard. You no it's so pink. Yeah, yeah, stand up. Yeah, that's right. You with a wonderful inexpensive haircut. Okay, good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hi. What's your name? Sergio. Ser- Sergio. Sergio. And you are with someone there? Yes, Bronwyn, my girlfriend. Bronwyn. Wow, she's lovely. Does she think you have money? Is that what it is? <laughs> Stand up, Bronwyn. Do you like him? Do you like him, Bronwyn? Of course I like him. Of course I like him. <laughs> what do you do, sir? I'm a project management consultant. You're a manager of what? Project manager. Project manager. Okay, it's a very strange microphone. has got a unless you haven't got it close to your mouth, close enough, it's kind of echoing, yeah, that's what I think it is. So you you uh, you are dating for a while, is that what it is? You're dating seriously dating for how long now? Three years. Three years? Three you're dating three years and you're still just dating? Yeah. <laughs> you ever bought yogurt before? Yes. It has a uh, use by date on it. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> We, we also have a use by date. Did you know that? Yes. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Do you like her? Yes, I do. Do you think you'd spend the rest of your life with her? Yes. So, if he asked you, ma'am, what would you say if he asked you to marry him? What would you say? Yes. You'd say yes? All right, we proposed for you because obviously you're taking too long <laughs> to do it, so we just did it for you. She said yes. I mean, hey, there's no fear of being rejected. <laughs> Got you covered, dude. Got you covered. All right. Now, you, all, you too will have your own business. It's God's plan. The difficulty with your personality is you get impulsive, and you're also very reactionary. You go from zero to 110 seconds. You go, and you're upset. You've got to take it down a notch. The thing is, you also cool down fast. You're, very, you're harmless. You bark like a loud little fox terrier, but you got the bites not there, but you're very harmless. You've got a kind, kind heart, and God loves you for it. He loves your kind heart, but you're super smart. This is what you don't know. You've always been above average intelligence, and you don't know how to use your tool correctly. So here's what I'm going to teach you as a father would teach his son. When something happens, instead of... And Pastor Theo taught me this. He said, never panic. You know, when I talked to Pastor Theo in the car, and Pastor, he says to me, um, Ed, you need to quieten your voice down. You don't sound like you're in faith. What do you mean, Pastor Theo? What's wrong with my voice? I sound completely fine. This is me being fine. LAUGHTER which Pastor Theo never panics. Really a man of faith. So, here's the thing. I, if you can learn that lesson not to react. When something bothers you, take a, take a breath. Take a breath. Think it through. Because you are very, very smart. As God is a witness, the word of the Lord for you is you will always find a solution. You will always find a way out. Always. Because you not only are smart, God is with you. God likes you. When you were young... There were a couple of things you did that touched heaven that came into the book of remembrance. One of them was in your own family, you showed an awful sacrificial kindness. And it didn't miss God's eyes. You also made the right decision when you lost money. You lost money because you weren't willing to compromise. And it's not past the eyes and the, and the heart of the almighty God. It's in the book of remembrance. And because of that, God's going to bless you and bless you and bless you. So please, today... I'm not making impulsive decisions anymore. No pressure. I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to think it through because God has given you ability. As for you, ma'am, God's changing the way you see yourself. You've never seen yourself as beautiful. I don't know what it is. You've always compared yourself to someone else. It stops today. He made you perfect in His own image. Not only are you beautiful outside, you're magnificent on the inside. You are a God's champion. You have such a lot of mercy. You You always pick up the ugly puppy. I don't know what it is with you. If, if nobody wants that child, that's the one you'll pick it up. That's the child you'll always go and fight for. You have a spirit of redeeming and fighting the one that nobody wants. It's an anointing in your life to rescue. Rescue the fallen. And you're going to win a lot of souls for the Lord and help a lot of broken children. It's your destiny. It is your destiny. Do you understand? There was a valley you went through of loneliness and despair where you felt you had no reason for life. And God got you, the two of you linked up. Your life will never be dull with him. He's just not like that. There's always something new happening. And even though you like everything, more or less the same. But you're willing to make some changes. So I'm ready for you to get married this year. Let's get it to the show on the road. Let's not wait for too many things. All right. Thank you. Take your seat. Thank you. God bless you. Wonderful. Wonderful, beautiful people. What's your name with the pinky shirt the, with all the stickers on your shirt? Nomsa. N-t- Nomsa? Hi, Nomsa. Are you married? No. Or do you have a boyfriend? No. So, how old are you? How old are you? 36. How much? 36. 36. Anybody interested, raise your hand, please. You have to be unmarried, though. Am I embarrassing? Are you blushing? Are you blushing? I can't tell. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. What do you do, Nomsa? I'm a correctional officer. You do what? Correctional officer. Correctional Police work for the jail, prison, whatever. Here's the thing with you. Um, you've been through the valley of, of mistreatment in your life. You went through stuff in your own life and no one knows how the abuse that you suffered and as a little girl and stuff happened to you that should never have happened to you. But God wants you to be loved because you are lovable. You've decided in your heart rather than getting hurt or rejected, you won't let anybody get close. And that's a mistake you're making. It's worth the risk. Jesus never promised you a hurt-free life. He promised you a victorious one. Do you understand that? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the brokenhearted. You still have things inside of you, and you're a wonderful woman, that as you're very kind and help everybody, your whole family look to you for help. But you've never let God get to that part. You put that wall around yourself and not let anybody get close because you don't want to be vulnerable. And I, I'm inviting you to be vulnerable because God wants to be, heal your life and bring great joy. does not want you to walk alone. Doesn't want you to walk alone. Do you understand? You think that you, all the guys around you are just a bunch of idiots because they do this and they do that. And they don't keep because you have a high standard. You think that, but the truth is, you're scared. You, you're very frightened inside. So I'm releasing you from that for God's purpose and plan. He's got a good plan for you in the future. Do you understand? You made some mistakes before, and God's made it all work together for good according to His purpose and plan. Oh, you're not even finished education. I see books hanging in the air. You haven't you, long time ago you stopped. You're going to read. Restart that up again and finish the education you started. That's God's plan for you very soon. And it's going to be a lot of fun and you're going to succeed. What do you think about that? Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources...